0: Thank you so much. Why don't we put our hands together, welcome everybody in Leicester, in Cambridge and online as well. So good to be together as we continue this series looking at Gideon. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love the story of Gideon for so many reasons. Uh, One of the main ones being that he's just such a relatable character, isn't he? You know, he's just an ordinary guy with his own hopes and dreams and fears and vulnerabilities and uncertainties. And we see over the last couple of weeks, we've seen how God's called this very ordinary guy to fulfill an extraordinary calling, and that is to lead his people, the nation of Israel, into battle against the Midianites, uh, to take back the land that has been stolen from them. And we see how his response is much like my own would be. You know, really? You've called me to do what now? Are you sure you've got the right person? And you see, last week we saw how God comes to him and meets him in his humanity, in his in his weakness, to impart courage, to promise that he's with him every step of the way, and uh, we see the story of Gideon that uh, throughout God coming to reassure him. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of reassurance in this life, you know, in this journey. And uh, we see how God comes alongside him, time and time again. And so today we're carrying on that theme. Not much looking at uh, courage so much, but actually at guidance. How God enables Gideon to stay on track to stay faithful to the call, to to enter into the good plans and purposes God has for his life. Isn't it amazing to know that God has a call on your life? God has a good plan for your life, and he wants to help you stay on track to walk into that good plan that he has for you. Now, a few years ago, I went bowling with uh, Chrissy, my wife, and uh, our two nieces. Both of them were under five at the time, and uh, I'm not really a great bowler, I uh, don't go out often, but uh, I fancied my chances against a couple of toddlers, um, so uh, I thought I was going to win easily, but uh, I'm ashamed to say I lost, um, and the reason was because when it was my go, I, I thought I'd be all macho and impress Chrissy and uh, kind of bowl it as hard as I could, and I'd end up just bowling it into the gutter either side, uh, whereas on their go, they would have the guardrails up, you know those, those rails on the side? And that no matter where the ball would go, no matter how slow it was, it would end up getting to the destination of the pins and knocking them down. Uh, So they cheated, in other words, basically. But um, um, yeah, I'm not bitter about it at all. Um, But you know, life can be a bit like that, can't it? We can ask ourselves, am I on track? Am I going in the right direction? Maybe some of us feel like we're wobbling. Some of us might even feel like we've fallen into the gutter, so to speak. Others of us might feel like we're on track, but actually when we look ahead, there's fears, there's uncertainties about what lies ahead. But you know, from the passage we're looking at today, the amazing truth is that we have a God who promises not just to be our guardrails in life, but to be our guide, to help us every step of the way, to walk into the good plans that he has for us. Amen? Isn't that good to know? God is with you. And so today we're going to look at how we can stay on track like Gideon. And so the question is, how then can we do this? How can we partner with God? Well, a couple of ways I want to encourage us from the text. And the first one is this, to walk in step with the Spirit. Walk in step with the Spirit. Uh, This passage we're looking at begins with uh, this in verse 33. Now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Now, this is an important part of Gideon's story we we must not overlook. The Spirit of God comes to rest upon him. It's one of the few times we see it in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God filling an individual. And much like uh, as we see in the other examples in the Old Testament, it's really just for one person at one time to fulfill a particular purpose. Now, of course, we are in a, a much different part of history, aren't we? You know, this was, in Gideon's time, a thousand years or so before Jesus, we now live post the day of Pentecost, where the Spirit of God has been poured out on all peoples, all who put their faith and trust in Jesus, can receive a generous and broad outpouring of the very presence and the power of God. Isn't that amazing to know that? It's why in the New Testament, Paul has to almost like remind the church, and I think we need to remind ourselves again and again, don't we know that we are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells within us, it dwells within you. Now, why is this important when it comes to guidance? Well, because the Holy Spirit is the great satnav of life. He will guide you into the good plans and purposes he has for you. He's with you every step of the way. It means then we can take steps confidently because we're filled with the presence of God. Now, I love my wife, Chrissy for many reasons. She's uh, beautiful. uh, She's got a big heart. She's a wonderful mum. She's smart. She's talented. She's a great lawyer. Um, I'm building up brownie points here because uh, I'm going to need to cash them in in a minute. Um, Because uh, everybody has their weaknesses. I've got to tread carefully here. But my wife's weakness is a sense of direction. Now, handling you know, a client base of over 50 clients with each of their own complex kind of legal issues, that's a piece of cake for her. Going to the corner shop to get some milk <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Sometimes she'll go for a walk, and I wonder if I'm ever going to see her again, if I'm honest, because uh, she kind of loses her way. It's gotten to the point, I kid you not, where now Freddie, our three-year-old, is having to correct her on the way to nursery, saying, No, mummy, you're taking the wrong direction. You're taking the wrong way. And often, Chrissy will have like an appointment, you know, doctor or dentist appointment, in Leicester, a city I know well I grew up in. And so she'll ask me for directions. And I'll be describing, you know, where to go along with the satnav. You know, take a left here, go right there, go straight on here. And she'll often just stop me and say, can you just come with me? Can you just come with me? You know, it's so much easier to get to where you need to go when the person who knows the way is with you. You know, in this journey of life... With all the ups and downs, the twists and turns, the highs and lows, we have an amazing God who promises us. He doesn't just say, here, some direction, figure it out. He says, no, I'm coming with you. I'm going to be your guardrails. I'm going to protect you along the way. I'm going to lead you into paths of righteousness, along the right path. I'm going to lead you into life in all of its fullness. He's a God who says, I'm going to get you where you need to go. This is why Jesus, describing the Holy Spirit, he puts it this way. He says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will what? He will guide you into all the truth. You see, there's a sense here of momentum, of movement, of the Holy Spirit, not just coming alongside and saying, go here, go there. But it says about Gideon, the Spirit came upon him. The Spirit filled him. The Spirit fills us. And so there's a sense of almost like the Spirit propelling us into the purposes he has for us. That's what we see with Gideon here. Because as soon as the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, he begins to take action. Notice this. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. He blew a trumpet, summoning the Asbe- Abiezrites, sorry, I've got to get these right, to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also into Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali, so that they too went up to meet them. Now reading this, you're thinking, who is this guy? You know, up until this point, he's kind of counted himself out, describing himself as the least of his father's household, the weakest clan in in his tribe. In other words, he's basically been saying to God up until this point, no one's going to follow me. Least of all, no one's going to follow me into battle against the Midianites. And yet, when the Spirit of God comes upon him, we see this somewhat lowly, timid individual suddenly blowing a trumpet. Now what's all that about? He's summoning his his fellow men to arms. He's saying, come, follow me. I will lead you into battle. And suddenly and amazingly, they all do so. They all follow him. It's incredible. And this is what happens when the Spirit of God comes upon you. You'll often find yourself doing things you never thought were possible before. Because it's his power at work within us. I remember growing up in school and kind of just having an aim of just kind of getting by, you know, not really standing out or speaking out, just having my friends, you know, playing football, uh, doing a bit of study, and that was it, you know, don't kind of uh, risk it too much. And then I remember getting involved in my youth group in my teens and being filled with the Spirit of God for the first time. And things began to change. I began to get a new boldness, a new confidence. I began speaking out, I began preaching at my youth club on a, on a Friday night. I began speaking out at, at school and often I'd like, catch myself thinking, similarly to Gideon, so I relate to him so much, I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> what's going on here? A bit of imposter syndrome. I'm like, what, what's going on here? How am I doing this? But you see, that's all kind of part of the journey when the Spirit of God comes upon you. He'll often get you to step out of your comfort zone and you'll find yourself doing things you never thought were possible before. So for some of you here today, you might be sensing actually, is God really calling me to do this? Can I really do that? I don't really feel strong enough to do this. But you know, God has an amazing call on our lives. And so for some of us, it is to step out Into those plans as we walk in step with the Spirit. Paul puts it this way in the New Testament. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to what? His power at work within us. So, whatever God has called you to do, whether it's to to work in your career or to be a parent, to look after children, to look after family members, to be a, a volunteer, to be a great neighbor in your community. Uh, to be a student, whatever God has called you to do, we can stay on track, stay faithful to the call by walking in step with the Spirit and being filled with the presence and the power of God. For some of us, it might be that God is calling you to step out. God is calling you to step up into a new season. For others of us, it might just be that God is saying, stay faithful where you are. Be filled with my presence and stay faithful to the calling I've placed on your life, even in those times when it can get tough. For others, it might feel like we have gone off track. But you know, like a great satnav, when you take a wrong turn, the Holy Spirit will reroute you and get you back on track. But you know, wherever we're at, I have a deep sense, a deep burden for us as a church family today. That you know, if it's true <laughs> that we're filled with the presence and the power of God, can we look ahead with a fresh faith? and expectancy for what is to come. Can we look ahead to these 21 days in September, believing for breakthrough, believing for the Spirit of God to do something in our lives and through our lives like never before, individually and collectively as a church? Can we dare to believe that God is not just going to meet our expectations, but He's going to surpass our expectations, and we'll find ourselves doing things we never thought were possible because the Spirit of God is at work in and through our lives. So stay on track by walking in step with the Spirit. The second way we see uh, we can stay on track and stay faithful to the call is by trusting in God's faithfulness. Trust in God's faithfulness. Now this is the part of the story where it gets a bit interesting. Because now we're thinking, right, everybody's rallied around Gideon. He's filled with the Spirit of God. He's leading his men into battle. So now it surely is you know, fight time. (laughs) And yet the next verse says this. "'Gideon said to God, "'If you will save Israel by my hand as you promised, "'look, I will place a wolf fleece on the threshing floor. "'If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, "'then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you said.'" And that is what happened. "'Gideon rose early the next day and he squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, "'a bowl full of water. "'Then Gideon said to God, "'Don't be angry with me. "'Let me make just one more request.'" Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry, and all the ground was covered with dew. So you're you're reading this, you're thinking, "What's all this about? (laughs) Why is Gideon doing this? Why is he suddenly testing God here? Is this a practice for us to adopt to to kind of put out a fleece, you know, say to God, you know, God, if it if it rains tomorrow, then uh, I know that it's not right for me to go to work." having just checked the weather app and it's saying it's going to rain tomorrow. You know? Or, you know, if that girl texts me back in the next six hours and I know she's the one I need to marry. It's like, no, like, don't do that, okay? We've just done a series on hearing from God. You know, check that out. But, you know, here, this passage is not so much about guidance because Gideon knows what he's called to do. God's already told him what he's called him to do. This is about Gideon getting reassurance, if you like, From God, and he knows that what he's doing here is not quite right. You know, he wouldn't have had the Bible, but he would have had the teaching of Moses. He would have known not to test the Lord his God. He, he knows, his, his response to God is, is saying, you know, you know, please don't get angry with me, but can I just you know, do this? It's not really the, 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 the talk of somebody who's confident standing on, on sure ground. He knows he's on kind of thin ice, so to speak. And actually commentators say that this is Gideon's way of actually getting a guarantee that God is greater than the gods of the age at that time. There was this god Baal, uh, who we heard about last week, had caused Israel all kinds of trouble, you know, with idolatry and worshipping, false gods, etc. And Baal in that culture was a god that was believed to control the weather. And get this, one of his titles was the Lord of Light, Rain and Dew. And so Gideon here is trying to get a guarantee from God, saying, God, if you can control the Jew, then I know that you can control my future. Now, before we start giving Gideon a bit of a hard time here, and commentators do, I think they're a bit unfair to Gideon here, You know, I think sometimes we can feel tempted to act in this way sometimes, can't we? We're a bit uncertain about the future. In other words, Gideon here was just you know, afraid of what was to come. He was scared, and this is why it's relatable. He was having a bit of a wobble here. And I can sympathize with him because his future involved going to war. You know? And so here he's seeking kind of like a reassurance from God. And you know, we can sometimes get like this. You know, God, are you really going to you know, heal me or look after me, comfort me when I get that bad doctor's report? Are you really going to provide for me when the interest rate keeps on going up and up and up? I speak as somebody who's got to remortgage in the next few months. You know, God, are you really going to reconcile that relationship or bring restoration in that situation or breakthrough in my life or in that loved one's life? Are you really going to do this? Because sometimes the gods of this age, you know, of money, of power, control, even safety and security, they can sometimes compete for the lordship of Jesus. I know in my own life, after I graduated from university, I was applying for a job at a law firm, and uh, I thought the interview process had gone really well. Uh, I'd had bad interviews, and uh, this was a good one. So I thought, you know, I've got a good chance here. It was a time where I, I still thought I was going to be a solicitor. And they said they would let me know the answer by post, old school law firms, etc. But uh, they were going to post me either, uh, and you'd know the, the, uh, the outcome before you even open the letter, because they'd post you either a, a contract, like a thick envelope, uh, which was you got the job, or a thin envelope, which was a rejection. And I remember eagerly waiting for the post, and it, it finally came through, and I saw my name there, and I saw the, the logo of the law firm, and it was a thin letter. And uh, so I thought to myself, well, the contracts have gotten short, haven't they? But no, I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I uh, realised, you know, that my worst fears realised when I uh, realised I hadn't got the job. And I, I, had, I remember now thinking, it's quite embarrassing to say this, but I had a, a kind of an odd reaction to getting that news. It wasn't just disappointment, which was kind of natural. I was actually in despair. I remember feeling really low, almost like sick. And uh, embarrassingly, it might have been a few tears as well about it. I really thought that that's, this was the way I was to go. And, uh, you know, looking back now, I think I can see it was the response of somebody who had allowed, you know, the things of the world, status, kind of security, competition even. You know, friends were getting jobs at the time as well. I'd allowed all of those things to get too big in my life. It was the response of somebody doubting whether God had a good plan for my life or a better plan for my life. And now looking back, I can safely say he did have a better plan for my life. We you see, this again is why the story of Gideon is relatable. Because we can have times where we doubt, times where we worry about the future, times we might have a, have a wobble. And, uh, and we need to, to get, if you like, a reassurance of, of, from God of how great he is in comparison to whatever we're facing in our lives. That's why um, Tim Keller uh, puts it this way uh, when he commentates it on, on this passage. He says, This, therefore, is not about how to make a decision. It's about how we need to ask God to give us a big picture of who he is. You see, we can't be too harsh on Gideon um, because God wasn't harsh on Gideon. <laughs> we see how God responds to him. He actually answers the test and even provides another uh, sign uh, later on, as we'll see in chapter 7. And the only explanation we can see uh, as to why God does this is because of his faithfulness, because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his love. He effectively holds Gideon's hand along the way like a loving father to say, addressing the wobbles, addressing the doubts, addressing the fears and say, no, you're going to stay on track. Just keep trusting in my faithfulness. I will see you through and God will do the same for you and for me. He'll hold your hand. He'll get you through. Just keep trusting in his faithfulness. Now, of course, we are again in a much better position in history, you know, because we've seen the ultimate act of God's faithfulness in the life, death, and resurrection of his son Jesus. And so that's why the writer to the Hebrews puts it this way In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, you know, in Gideon's time but at many times and in various ways. But in the last days, he has spoken to us through his son. So when we, like Gideon, find ourselves maybe having a wobble, doubting, we can look to Jesus, fix our gaze on him, remind ourselves of who he is, all that he's done, get a hold of his word, and know that he will be all that you need him to be. He will be our provider, in him we lack nothing. He will be our strength, upholding us with his righteous right hand. He will be our comfort and our protector, in him we can rest, if you like, under the shadow of his wing. He will be our healer, spirit, soul and body. He will be our peace in the midst of the storm, guarding our hearts and our minds in Christ. In him not even death can hold us down. So what is it that you're believing God for in this season? You know, get a hold of his word. Get a hold of his promises. Remind yourself of who he is. Trust in his faithfulness. See how great he is in comparison to whatever it is you're facing. He's greater than the gods of this age. He's greater than anything you might face in this life. I love how Smith... Yeah, come on, let's give God a... There's some great, um, very pithy, succinct advice from Smith Wiggles. He puts it this way. God said it. I believe it, that settles it. (laughs) You know, what what a great motto to live by. Maybe for some of us here, we need to grab a hold of the promises of God again. Maybe for some of us, whatever it is that you're facing right now, we need to speak them out, get them from our heads into our hearts, to experience the reality of the faithfulness of God. God loves to reveal just how big he is in those challenges you might be faced with right now. You know, sometimes we think this life of faith uh, is all about trying to have it together and hold it together. And always being, you know, feel like you're strong and secure. But you know, the, the story of Gideon, again, it's why he's kind of relatable, shows us that, that that isn't the case. Gideon goes down in Hebrews 11 in the Hall of Fame as, as one of the great men and women of faith in the Bible. And you read in this passage and you think, Really? Yes, really does. Because faith isn't about having faith in our own strength and our own efforts, how we feel. It's about trusting in the faithfulness of our amazing God, holding on to His promises, and He will see us through. As we walk in step with the Spirit, as we trust in His faithfulness, we will stay on track, stay faithful to the call, and be guided into those good, pleasing, and perfect plans God has. For our lives, we see it in the life of Gideon, and that can be our reality today. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to respond uh, together now, wherever we are gathered. And uh, for those of you in uh, Leicester uh, and online as well, you're going to be responding with us, um, as well as people here in the room. And so, if you're able to, uh, would you stand with me? Uh, we are going to pray together, we're going to worship together as well. And I'd just like to firstly uh, pray or lead uh, some people in a prayer of inviting Jesus into your life, inviting this amazing God into your life who promises to be with you every step of the way, to give you life in all of its fullness now and forevermore. To know that the steps you're taking in life are confident ones, to know that whatever the future holds, it's good. And if you're here today and you've never actually invited this God, this Jesus into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do so right now. Or if you're here and you just feel like you're, you're distant from God, you're far away from Him, you've maybe gone, gone astray, you've gone off track. Well, today, why don't you make this the day where you say, God, would you reroute my life? Would you get me back on track? Would you help me? And he will do so. And so wherever we're gathered, in Leicester online as well, we're going to pray together. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I simply want you just to repeat it after me. And just so we've got some privacy here, uh, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And we're all going to pray this prayer as well, church, together. Let's all speak this out together so nobody feels exposed at all. But I'll lead us as we pray now. Lord Jesus Christ thank you that you love me I'm sorry for going my own way but today I choose to trust in you would you come into my life would you forgive me cleanse me set me free reroute my life so that I can get back on track with you. And from this day on, I look forward with fresh faith for all that is to come, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and it really meant something for you today, well then at the end of the service uh, in Leicester and online and here in the room, we'll have some next steps for you to take to help you on this journey with Jesus. And uh, before we kind of close our time together, I'd just like to take the opportunity to pray for all of us. You know, wherever we're at, you know, let's, let's pray for a fresh infilling of the presence of God, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, In our lives. I don't know about you, but the more I go on this journey of life, the more I realize I need more and more and more and more of his presence and his power in my life. And so if you're wanting that, wherever you're at in life's journey, wherever you feel, whatever you're faced with right now, let's just position ourselves. Let's put out our hands as a way of saying, God, I want to receive afresh from you right now. And let me pray for us, and then we're gonna sing. So Holy Spirit of God, I pray right now, would you fall afresh on us? Would you come? Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. We're totally dependent on you. Just like you did with Gideon, would you clothe us right now? Would you clothe us with power from on high? Lord, I pray for those people who are struggling right now, who are maybe wobbling, maybe doubting, maybe facing serious challenges in life. Lord, I pray right now, would you come upon them afresh? By the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, for sudden to happen. I pray for suddenly, a sudden shift, a sudden move, a sudden breakthrough, Lord. We look ahead to these 21 days coming up in September, we're expectant right now, Lord. We're not going to wait until then. We're going to be expectant ahead of that time for breakthroughs to come, for you to move like we've never seen you move before. Come and fill us, Lord. I pray for those who just feel like they need to stay faithful to the call. Lord, I pray for just a fresh outpouring of your grace, of your love. May there just be a tangible sense of your affirmation over their life right now. And for all of us, I pray, Lord, it might be a season where for some of us it is to step up, to step out, to go into new territory, just like Gideon leading the Israelites, he was taking back territory, taking territory for the kingdom of God. God is calling some of you here today to step out, to take territories, calling you to do so. So Lord, right now, we say we're not going to do it in our own strength. We say, come, Holy Spirit, come and do a work in us according to your power, according to your power, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We're not doing this in our own strength, not by men's might, nor my men's power, but that's by your Spirit, God. And so as we look ahead, we look ahead with fresh faith. Come on, church, let's lift up our hands and say, over this next season, we're going to look ahead with fresh faith and expectancy for all that's to come. Maybe God is going to do something beyond our expectation, beyond what we could ask, dream, or imagine, according to his power at work with us. So let's worship him now. He's a good God. He's got good plans for our future so let's worship him let's praise him thank you jesus amen